ho, 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 everybody. It's December, and welcome back to Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. Yay! <laughs> um, we've got a great show planned for you today. Um, but first, um, we'll be really honest. You, you know that we're an LGBT podcast. Um, we take that very seriously, of course. We talk about horror in real life and horror in the movies. Um, and something uh, pretty dumb happened to Andrew today. And yeah. we think it's actually really important to talk about. Um, so j- just go for it. Yeah, so just I just wanted to share this with our listeners because I, I think that a lot of people are under the guise that kind of like homophobia is dead and everything's great. Or that it only lives in the country, yeah, not, and like, not in the city. Now that we have like, um, God, what's that Netflix show? Uh, Queer Eye. Uh, Queer Eye and like all these or things. A, a Will and Grace. Things, whatever, like yeah. everything's great for us. Uh, so I woke up this morning. We didn't have any coffee. Simple thing. Simple human thing. So I went over to our local Dunkin' Donuts. And which, just a reminder, we live in Chicago. So Dunkin' Donuts is huge here. And um, this is a, in the train station about a half block from my house. We went and or I went in by myself and grabbed a big bag of good old Dunkin' What do you call homebrew? Whatever. Coffee, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I was like, well, I might as well grab some breakfast sandwiches while we're here. You know, we don't really have any food at home. So um, I was standing in line. There was probably th- three or four people in line. And um, a guy came, came in behind me, probably like late 40s, early 50s, beardy, wearing camo pants, that kind of a kind of a guy and uh he was one of those guys that like loves just like make comments of like what's around him you know those kind of people well, and, and especially in the city folks like we have people like that all the time that just, just like love to talk about anything around other people he was just came in he's like oh must be feeding time like just whatever so i i do not interact with those kind of people i mind my own business i just look straight forward want to get my stuff done and be done with it so I go up to the counter, order my two uh, turkey sausage egg and cheese muffins or whatever, and uh, I step to the side to wait for my order. And the guy comes up behind me and goes to the uh, cashier. He goes, uh, see that guy over there? He's a fruitcake. And I was like, um, I'm stand. First of all, I'm like, I'm standing right here. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, the, the woman, the cashier is uh, this lovely Indian woman. She was like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about, like please don't involve me in this. Right, right. And um, then he grabs his iced coffee and comes, looks me straight in the eye and goes, see you later, fruitcake. Keep in mind, I had no interaction with this person. I said not one word to them. And he took it upon himself to insult me to my face. That's absolutely disgusting. And this is a half block from my house. This isn't like I was back at home. what, What did you say to him? I kindly told him to fuck off, which was not my proudest moment. I probably should have just done nothing. I think because, you should be. I think you should be very proud of that. Actually, yeah. I just. I, I think in those kind of situations, um, sometimes it's better to not engage because then they learn, they learn that if I do this, I'm going to get a reaction. Yeah. And if they don't get a reaction, maybe then sometimes they won't. But it's true. Um, it's not my proudest moment, but you know what? I I was so livid in the moment that I was surprised I didn't cold clock him. Well, I'm so. proud of you for reacting the way that you did. Um, I think it's, I think, you know, uh, it's really, it's, it's really depressing that that's what you had to experience today. And it was not fun. You know, I, I like, literally came home and sobbed. Well, of course. Like, so. how, how could you not? Um, you know, our, our lived experience in Chicago is usually pretty good when it comes to this kind of thing. You know, we rarely have experiences where we have to deal with it. Um, you know, but I think a lot of our listeners who don't live in a big city or live in rural areas or, you know, whatever, yeah. 
uh, or in other countries. We have plenty of folks, uh, you know, uh, overseas that, that listen to us. Um, I think that this is their reality on a daily basis. Well, and honestly, could folks. he not come up with a better insult than fruitcake? You know what? I mean, honestly, the, the guy the guy's probably dreaming about sucking dick himself. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like number one, he probably wanted to suck you. And, like, number three, like, you know what? Go fuck your fucking self, you yeah. motherfucker. You're wearing, number one, you're wearing camouflage pants. No offense to anyone out there that's wearing camo right now. Especially but you're wearing you, camouflage especially pants. Especially if you're hunting. Exactly. You know. But, I mean, come on. Like, you're in Dunkin' Donuts in, in Lincoln Square in Chicago. Like, d- get your camo off, number one. And number two, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. Anyway. Well, I think that's, a, that's important to share. I think, I, you know, I agree. Um, but guess what? It's also episode 12. I, oh, I know. Episode 12. I know. Full 12 episodes. Yeah. I'm pretty proud of that. And we've only been going since February of this year. Yeah. So we and we've out, had a ton of other side things, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, Keep I in think, mind our interview with Kevin Spiritas. Yeah. We've had a horror hookups. Yeah. We've had Friday's favorite movies. By, by the time that this comes out, this will be our 27th track. Um, wow. on our on our um our our SoundCloud server. That's insane. It's pretty cool. So, so does that mean we have to pay more money now? Uh, I don't know, but <laughs> you know, maybe one of our really rich listeners will will fund us for that. Who knows? Yeah. We'll see. All right, so we will be back to talk a little bit about consumerism. Candyman. 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 Be afraid. Be very afraid. We have some bad hombres here, and we're going to get them out. Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. I love China. Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play? I just want them to suffer. I joined Donald Trump on the Republican ticket because I believe he has the right leadership and the right vision to make America great again. Since 2017, a majority of Democrats turned into alt-left radical psychos. We'll get back to them later. I will build a great, great wall. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? Turn the freaking frogs gay. Shoving, the screaming, the, f- the swearing. Push one of my kids, I will stab one of you, mother. Let the fists fly. Retailers call it the Super Bowl of shopping or Black Friday. But scenes like these that flood the internet give the bargain battle a black eye. This ugly clash at a Los Angeles Walmart two years ago was captured by Juan Castro. All the people just went in there. And they just started destroying the boxes. All this for Markdown Xbox games. People were fighting, trying to get those deals. And that's when some lady brought pepper spray and just started going at it. Welcome, everybody. It's our 12 episode. That was my version of like five golden rings. And it oh, uh, you mean uh, the, the 12 days of Christmas? Yeah. On the first day of podcast, my podcast said to me, we have 12 episodes. (laughs) Do you see how creative we are? 
Do you see how much time we spend thinking about what we're going to give to you? Do decades, you see? decades. Do you understand? Do you see for real? Anyways, it's our episode 12, and it's the holiday season, and we are going to be talking. <laughs> we're, we're apparently also going to be laughing a lot today. <laughs> well, and all the like, singing. And, you know, <laughs> I'm in the mood. It's a Christmas season. The spirit <sighs> has taken me. Well, I'll tell you this. I, I am, I'm actually pretty happy today. It's, it's December in Chicago. What is today? It's December uh, 10th, 11th, yeah. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> and and uh, it's a Saturday. It's, we didn't you know, even look at the date. Right, right. It's how prepared it's, we it's, are. It's daytime. I'm looking outside. We, we have a window in front of us. And thankfully, thank, thank the little precious baby Lord Jesus about to be born in a manger. There is no snow on the ground. And I am very excited about yeah. that right now. It's cold as fuck. But there is no snow. I at least don't that, have I'm to grateful. break out my boots. Yeah. So, so. I mean, I, I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, I hope you did. Absolutely. I hope you spent it with the people that you wanted to spend it with. We did. We did. Um, it was a pretty small Thanksgiving for us. It was just me, Michael, Andrew, and Casey, our friend Casey. Yeah. Um, and, and we made way too much food. Of course we did. <laughs> and we, of course, drank you know every bottle of wine in the house. Um, and we had a great time. It was really nice. Yeah. I forget the game we played, but we had a, a new game that was like crowdfunded and it was basically just questions about oh, like, what is that called? What you want to like do in the next year. And, 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 and it, it was pretty good. Like it, it took a while to get through the entire thing. Yeah. But we had like a good couple cries and a yeah, good couple laughs. We totally and, did. Like yeah. it was, we're going to find out because actually it's, it's a good game to get. Um, so anyways, today it's it's December. What are we talking about today? We are talking all about consumerism. And why are we talking about consumerism? Because it's the holidays and that's when everyone is pressured to buy all the things. Yeah, man. We're trained from a very young age to... Um, let's let's preface this you know the holiday season is about giving is about sacrifice is about um letting other people feel your love but what that's been turned into because of products and because of things is yeah. is is pressure to have the next best next best thing yeah the next best iphone or the next the biggest uh tv screen or the best new car and and when people don't get those things they feel like they are less than you know i i just want to say that i try to let people feel my love every night oh whenever i can oh my you know what i mean um but that's another, is that your that's is that your tinder profile that's, that's another story yeah. <laughs> that's another another episode for another time probably in february we'll maybe maybe that. the x's episode. exactly right. <laughs> um but you know what's interesting about consumerism consumerism in america and sort of thinking about it from like a horror lens right yeah is thinking about like actually how like ritualistic it all is yeah like like it is an american ritual on black friday to shop to go shop as early as you can as much as you can and go crazy for it. And the and the reality of it is, like you you, you look around your house right now, like like and I really do mean this. Like look around you right now. And I'm gonna guess that a, a very solid ninety percent of our listeners out there, you have everything that you need. Mm-hmm. You don't need you really don't need anything else. You could probably upgrade a couple of things and you have some things that are probably pretty old, right? If your TV is 10 years old, it's starting to go out. Yeah, sure. You probably need a new one. Yeah. If you know your refrigerator is, you know, whatever, yeah, it's probably time for another one. But do you really need a 70-inch fucking screen in, right. your, in your house? Do you well, really need a new Dyson vacuum? Do you really need all this other bullshit? Isn't that the American dream, though? It is. is the, well, you know? <laughs> well but that, that's just the thing. You know, actually, I'm that's not, what it's evolved to, is right. what I'm trying to say. What's, what's sad about it is I think that the American dream really has like evolved into the American nightmare, right? Ooh, good. So before, I like that. Yeah, like before, the American dream was about something that was actually... Like, like actually attainable. It attainable. And it was attainable, number one. But number two, it, the American dream was truly... A about like, okay, you're going to have a job that you can have for the rest of your life, so you don't have to keep hopping around. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a house, 
uh, and, that you're going to live right. in and pay off the 30 year right. mortgage and that then you'll own and that you'll have a family if you choose to and that you can spend some good time going on vacation if you want or you know buying a couple things here and there going to Disney World blah 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 blah, blah whatever yeah. that's what the american dream used to be the american dream now is basically because you spend so long every fucking day scraping it together just to get by if you're middle class that when it comes time for the ritual again of either Black Friday or you know any of the other the big, holidays, big shopping yeah. days of the year, like it's almost like it's like Dionysian in in like in origin, right? It's like you are called to come and drink the wine with the masses Ugh. and like have the orgy of like buying things because it's really not even about the actual thing itself. I think it's really about the act of buying. Well, I think we should talk a little bit about the origins of Black Friday yeah, sure. and kind of like what that means. Yeah. Like, so Black Friday... Well, especially for you because you're in marketing and advertising. Yeah, it my, mine's a little different because I market a service, yeah, not, right, not right. a but uh, you're, product. You're, you're familiar but with, yeah, with yeah. the world. I, though, I've been in that world yeah. for you know a number of years. So um, it, the, the origin of Black Friday really comes from um, businesses saying, you know, we're in the black so like we're making profit yeah. by this time as, um, as opposed to in the red where you, you would be in debt yeah. yeah so like around the holidays is like where they get that kind of like um yeah we're in the black we're making we're making profit you know that's like where we are at um and so that's kind of where it comes from yeah um so that's where we get this whole lie that we tell ourselves that we must deal search. We must go out. We must get up at, what, 5 a.m., 4 a.m. I, I, and go I, stand you know, honestly, I think so, so, some people in my family, I know, they get up seriously at like 4 a.m. That's crazy to me. Or a lot of them just don't even sleep. Listen, and this is coming from a deal guy. Yeah, Like, I love getting a good right. deal. But I am not willing to do this <laughs> yeah well and you know the, the so there there is an other side of the coin too right oh i get it we're like, trained to think this way right but i think the other part of it is like you know I, what i don't want to do is i never want to like shame people absolutely not who are you know, either people who are middle class or poor that like use big days with deals to get like stuff that they really do need yeah like, i think that like, i mean I, that's that's totally acceptable and not just what they need, but also what they want. Like, yeah. there's, there's nothing wrong with getting what you want. You but, work, you work hard in this life. I get it. On the flip side, however, yeah. I do want to shame some of the companies that make, Oh my God, totally. That make products that are of lesser value and sell them as the same product that you would get normally. Do you have any examples of that? So there's a lot of TV companies out there that have yeah. been found out that they will market a TV on Black Friday as the same product as they normally sell, but the what they ship out to the Best Buys and yeah. the Targets are not the same product. They're actually of lesser value, yeah. and they are prone to break down earlier, right. so thus making you need to buy another one. Yeah. And so that's what I want to shame. I'm not shaming the consumer because sometimes you just need that deal. You need that coupon. Sure. You need that. I mean, we, for our, our work this year, got a $15 grocery coupon. All right. And we were encouraged to donate it. And so that's what we, you know, that's what I did. I donated yeah. it to a homeless shelter and said, like, you know, buy some groceries with this. That's but, cool. But it's, we're, we're, we're trained from a very young age to buy, buy, buy. Yeah. Like, buy everything. And I'm not saying that I am immune to this because I think I need well, like, I, things. I don't think that anyone is immune to this. I mean, and I, I guess I guess what I should really backtrack and say I'm not. I don't want to shame you know certain people, but I, don't, I really don't want to shame anybody, right? Because I think that just like just like you were you were intimating here, 
we have all been trained in this ritual, in Absolutely. this religion, literally this religion of capitalism that you just got to buy, 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 and you got to keep going and going and going. Until work, you work, just, work until you die. Right, until, until you die. And I, I just think that, you know, there's, it's not about shaming people. That's not why we're talking about this. I think it's more about bringing an awareness to, bringing an awareness and bringing like a mindfulness to what you're consuming, what you're purchasing, and and how you're doing it. Because I I also want everyone to remember, like, there's a real human cost to every single thing that you buy. Speaking of human cost and Black Friday, yeah. can, I, can I bring up one story? Please do. So this is a story about a man called Walter Vance. Walter Vance was a pharmacist at Target, and he was 61, and he had a previous heart condition. Okay. And on Black Friday, uh, as people were... Uh, Where was this, do you know? At Target in... West Virginia, I think, right? Yeah, West Virginia. Um, he basically collapsed as people were rushing in to get the good deals. And people literally stepped on him, stepped over him. Nobody helped him up. And he later died at the hospital because of it. Yeah. I mean, to go back to the ritual analogy, it's, it's, it's like you're competing for gifts from the gods. Right. And everyone is just scrambling to race to that altar to, to grab that idol and it's, it's as quickly as you can. That now, you know, Black Friday, when, as far as I remember when I was younger, Black Friday was isolated really to Black Friday. Yeah. Now we have Giving Tuesday. We have Cyber Monday. We have the Day of Thanksgiving. Giving, can, can I just talk about Giving Tuesday for a second? Sure. Giving Tuesday, because I've worked in nonprofits for pretty much my entire professional career. Giving Tuesday is such a sham mm -hmm. it drives me insane it's a hashtag it's, it's a hashtag <laughs> and like you know what too like if you really support nonprofits, if you really support like a cause that you're interested in little blips and windfalls are not the way that nonprofits survive no it's the constant stream yeah nonprofits survive by sustained giving it's mm -hmm. it's you giving a certain amount every month over the course of a year so <laughs> listen to us plan. npr <laughs> but it's the truth it, like it's it's that that is how you actually help them sustain themselves mm -hmm. unless you're like a millionaire who's like oh and here's a million dollar gift yeah. you know what i mean uh -huh. like doing giving tuesday stuff or like all of a sudden you're you're pitting you're pitting thousands of nonprofits that are all very, um, very worthy causes, pitting them against each other in this like arena to like duke it out and like put it all over Facebook, and then you, you like you as the person seeing all these things feel guilty about like yeah. all of your friends posting about like twenty different nonprofits. Guess what? I can't give. And honestly, I'll tell you right now, like I'm over the guilt. Well, I, well, I mean, I am too, but only, I mean because I'm aware of it. Yeah. You know what I mean, but I think for a lot of people. A lot of people who aren't, I hate using this word about it, but like aren't that woke about it. Yeah. People who don't have like a, a good understanding of the way that the nonprofit world works. I, I would guess that a lot of them do feel some guilt. And I'm just saying you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. And you should find your own way to do sustained giving for causes that you believe in. Or like, frankly, if you belong to like a progressive, like faith organization, for example, that does good work in the world, like. I think oftentimes it's totally cool to like just give to that and like have an understanding like you know what this fund this is what of, I can do a lot of progressive things that I'm interested in this yeah. one fund funds that and I, I'm cool I with think that. with with giving I think that pick pick one or two things that really unless you're a millionaire then just donate everything but if you are like us where we are you know moderate uh, middle class I would say yeah. Um, 
just pick one or two things and give to that and sustain that giving. Sure. And then, you know, every once in a while, if there's a, a worthy cause, then go for it. But, but yeah, but don't, don't wait, pressure yourself. Yeah, and don't wait for Giving Tuesday. And like, I mean, you can, I think it's, it's still good to give on Giving Tuesday and nonprofits that ask for it that day. I get it. But like, come on, yeah. we, we all know better. Right. And so I think um, we wanted to talk a little bit about, about Amazon, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, we're going to bring up Amazon um, <laughs> because we think it's really important in context of this entire discussion. And I do want to, I do want to self divulge. Yeah, I am a Prime member. I mean, I am too. So I, I, I think we'd be hard pressed to find any any of our listeners. I really do think so. I would guess that probably ninety nine percent of our listeners are, are Prime members. Yeah. And I would also guess that a, a fair ninety percent of our listeners are liberal or liberal leaning Mm -hmm. um and if and if not liberal leaning they are entirely progressive and lefty like me yeah um and so like i come at this you know from a nuanced point of view because i'm a socialist and i believe in a lot of you know very left economic policies sure so doing something like amazon for me often constitutes a a really strange i don't know mindset Mm -hmm. like i have to kind of put myself into a different mode almost yeah, and you know, like I've I have had I've had friends that worked for uh, for Amazon. My friend Candice, uh, who listens to our show regularly, she's really really cool. Um, she sent me, um, you know, some of some of her stories from her time working in the warehouse. Yeah, and I actually went to a whole uh, a whole talk all about oh, Amazon wow. practices. So because yeah. I, I like I said, I'm in marketing, so yeah. there's a lot to you know. And I will say, you know, Amazon is a very successful company, and there's a lot of things to learn from them. And Arguably then there's a lot the of most th- successful like, company in America. Like positive and negative yeah. learnings from from that company. Yeah, but, so. you know, earlier we talked about how, you know, the, the goods that you buy, the things that you do, the services that you rely on, including something like Prime, it, there is truly a human cost to it. Yeah. And I just want to, like, can I just list off some things about Amazon? Yeah, I, I, I do want to preface that... Um, I feel like I always preface. <laughs> you, you, you you do preface a lot. Um, I just want to make sure we're covering our asses here. Go ahead. Uh, but Amazon, I, I think what they are all about is they are a company about the customer. That's yeah. that's all they care about is the customer. Well, I, I, and that I think that's why yeah. a lot of the stories that you're going to tell come about. Yeah. And, you know, also, too, like, hey, look, you know, Bernie Sanders did a fair amount of Amazon baiting. In the last year, he pressured Jeff Bezos and Amazon to make very significant changes to improve the lives of their workers. And Amazon did respond. They did respond with raising their minimum wage. They did respond with different policies, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, just like Bernie said in his tweets back to Jeff Bezos, you know, kudos to you. Give credit where it's due. And and I'm glad that they've made those changes. There are changes that still need to be made. Um, But just to give you a a few of the, the horror stories about what goes into actually making your product get to your door in less than a day with Amazon Prime? So uh, Amazon fulfillment centers are all across the country, of course. They are huge warehouses. A lot of times they are like four football fields long. Yeah, we have one right up in Wisconsin, yeah, right absolutely. over the border. I, well, I think we have some more in Illinois now. And in Northwest Indiana, we hmm. have one in Hammond. And I think there's another one in like Griffith, too. So we've, we have quite a few very close. Um, the fulfillment centers, of course, are what's necessary to make sure that whatever little doodad you buy on Amazon gets to you very quickly, no matter where you are, even if you're in Hawaii or Alaska. Um, did you know that the temperatures in those fulfillment centers, those big warehouses, can often reach up to 102 degrees? Yikes. Um, which is a lot because, number one, they're so big. And 
the people that are working there have to crisscross over and over again across that place. Well, that's that leads to what I was saying earlier yeah. is that in the Amazon uh, warehouses, there is no organization to this because of yeah. the of the amount of kinds of things that they sell. There's no way to organize it all. Exactly, you, you can't do it by alphabetical because there's too many weird things. Right. You can't do it by product because there's just so many products. Yeah, that they literally just have a warehouse full of stuff. Yeah, that the uh, that and that's why they can never do um, robot like automation because they, they, the robots would never be able to find it. Yeah. And they, they have, well, they haven't figured that out yet. Right. Um, and so know, these employees just literally have to like wander around yeah. trying to find the product that you clicked on and right. expect to be at your door within two days. Yeah, You know, one of the stories that, that Candace uh, told me, and this is once again, my friend that worked at, at Amazon and a fulfillment center, she told me the story about how um, she, some, she got, she had like a, to fulfill an order for like a tube of chapstick. Right. So she had to cross from one end of the f- fulfillment center. It's hard to say all the <laughs> way to the other end of the fulfillment center. So probably like two football fields. Wow. So, you know, for she's, a chapstick. For, so, so she goes over there thinking that like, when she gets there, it's going to be like a crate full of like whatever. And on the things that you push, I guess that you can only have like three boxes or something on them. Okay. So she gets Like a weight there. limit or something? Yeah. yeah probably, okay. oh, well, I don't think it's a weight limit. I think it's just like a number limit, basically. Oh. So she gets there and like, you know, of course, like whatever you're picking up, you want to get like the most of whatever because you don't want to keep going back and forth. Of course. So she opens up like the crate or whatever the fuck for this tube of chapstick. There was literally one chapstick in there <laughs> one and like i you know it's like, gotta be so disappointing I mean, well totally i mean like you know when she told me the story you know i i remember candace just being like 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 hands in her hair like what the fuck is this yeah because it's it's so incredibly infuriating it just makes no sense well do you know that of any company in the united states any company amazon has the highest turnover of any company yeah that's crazy that's that's really really crazy and it's and it is because they do pay a good wage because then people do are like well they pay really well so i want to work there but then the conditions are not what they were expecting and they can't maintain it wow yeah i mean they're they're, they're a company that really watches their employees like nonstop. Um, as an example employees are attached to satellite navigation devices that track them on a minute by minute basis <gasps> what? yeah so like often too their their breaks their like mandatory 30 minute breaks are slashed like by incredible amounts um i do know that like if you're like i mean think about like like you at your desk right yeah so like you probably have like you know like like your headphones or you yeah. have like yeah. you know like a book that you were reading or whatever you're not allowed to lit- you're not allowed to bring anything in with you when you get to work yeah so first you go through a pretty substantial security check you have to check anything that you have with you so your ipod or your iphone is or this more of a is, is this more of a theft thing it is a okay, theft. okay it is a theft thing but even that like i mean like you know once again back to my friend candace just because she's like my primary source on like what actually happened yeah. in there you know candace has um some some anxiety issues like a lot of us do um you know when i have anxiety i do a sudoku or like, i listen to music or i do whatever she didn't have any of those outlets. No coping mechanisms. No coping mechanisms. She had nothing to go with, and 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 that's kind of insane that you wouldn't let your employees like have some sort of respite from what you know is an incredibly physical job in an incredibly uh, uh, time allotted place. Yeah. That has a lot of space that you have to traverse over and over and over again. Um, so you know, like going back to what you were saying about like you know they're really focused on the customer. That's great. You know, we're all customers. It's it's cool to feel that focus on you. But, like, if you're not focusing on your employee, what sort of human business are you? Yeah. And that's it's just a shame. You know, there, there's a lot of stories of, like, 
people who like who like had strokes or thought they had strokes that still went to work at Amazon, or people that you know had very significant health problems that didn't leave work because like they just they they, they knew that they were going to get fired if they did, or you know any of the things that we've already talked about. Is that really what's are are you right now, listener, and are we co-hosts? Are you and I'm not like trying to morally judge you. I'm just saying when you order your thing and you demand it for this date and you demand it at this price, mm-hmm. is that human cost worth it to you? You really got to ask yourself. Yeah, you know. And once again, nuance. Look, I order from Amazon too, and I. Well, I, we do I, have to. We do have to uh, give them a little bit of credit for creating the jobs that they yeah, have. Yeah, sure, without a because doubt. that's that's something. I mean, and, and you know, what? like like full disclosure, I have two other friends that work for Amazon in Seattle. Yeah, that that are that are high level. Like one's in like legal, and one is like in communications. That are paid. A, a, Ton, ton of, of money, money yeah and that have really great jobs they get to travel the world they have a lot of fun whatever whatever but comparing their existence with let's just say candace's yeah like a warehouse worker. it's it's such a far cry and such a wide gap that you know what i'm trying to do is order less and less from amazon i think in the american context it's kind of hard to avoid it yeah and especially like with amazon prime like video like you know i love watching tv shows and stuff on there but like you know it's we. You have to consider. You it, have I to think. balance. balance you have to try to find it. a balance because yeah. I think that we are increasingly relying on internet services to get us our meals, to get us our clothing, to get us our yeah. everything. And if we do go down that route, we're not going to have you know little boutique boutique shops. We're not going to have. We won't. We, we're not going to have main streets. We're not going to have. You know, places that you can get out of your house and yeah. go just explore. Not I mean, even that you have to buy anything, but just explore. Yeah, you know, I, I think like you and I are lucky because like we do live in Chicago, and there are lots of little cool shops that we can go to. Mm-hmm. Like, like literally less than a block away from where we are right now, there's a great neighborhood called Lincoln Square. It's like a main and street, and it's a main street. And there's little cute shops and this and that. But I can tell you this: there's stuff leaving now. Mm-hmm. There's restaurants closing now because it's not it's not just retail; it's also restaurants. Yeah, like how is how is Grubhub? How how are all of these things affecting the brick and mortar yeah. where you did enjoy going at I one time. I think just be careful. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Because one day you might just get it. It's true. And one day you might just be isolated to your house. And I maybe some of our listeners would love that, but... If I couldn't get out of my house to go do stuff, that would drive me insane. It's a great big and world out there, right? There are even things like that I um, definitely take advantage of, like Netflix and Shutter and all these streaming services that I enjoy. But I'm not going to lie, I miss going to a video store. Yeah, I miss going to a Blockbuster and just browsing. Yeah, sure. You know, I, I miss that. Yeah. And if we're not careful. That's what our whole existence is going to be. It's the truth. And, you know, it, one day it might be you losing your job. Mm-hmm. And one day it might be you be, being replaced by automation by, you know, what we're working toward. And that would truly be horror in real life. Horror in real life. And it's happening right now before our very eyes. So I just want to leave you with one little factoid. Yeah. The current Black Friday death count. <laughs> There have been 12 deaths and 117 injuries to this date because of because of Black Friday. Wow. So, we'll just leave you with that, listeners. Wow. So, that's horror in real life. Yeah. All right. Um, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. 
with yeah what are we doing next i think we're just gonna do what you've been watching bitch. i love what you've been watching bitch well we promise next month we'll do something different yeah, but, but we <laughs> like it so much I, I know people out there like it too so get ready for what you've been watching bitch let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat Hey, welcome back, folks, to Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. I'm Maddie. And I'm Andrew. And we're going into one of our listener favorites uh, for a segment called What You Been Watching, Bitch. What You Been Watching, Bitch. So we're going to talk about what we've been watching, Bitch. bitch. Um, so do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I'm going to start with a uh, a listener recommend. So back, okay. back when we talked with Cocktail Party Massacre, Brock had brought up the Shutter exclusive Revenge. And I finally I forgot sat, to watch. I that. finally sat down and watched it because I just recently got Shutter. Thanks, Maddie. You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, I watched Revenge. I actually really enjoyed it. Good. Um, what is it about? And also, it's, it's is, a, it, is it a series or a movie? It's a movie. Okay. And it's about revenge. <laughs> <laughs> but like, who's getting the revenge? So it's kind of a. Um, I, I don't want to say it's like a rape revenge movie because oh. there there is some rape in it but the revenge is kind of a there's a how big, rapey is it on a scale of one to ten how rapey <laughs> um so it's it the basic premise is that there is a girl that is uh with her uh lover because he's okay her, she's a mistress essentially got it he takes her out into the desert where they are having like their affair and she uh, who he, the fuck has sex on sand no not in the desert oh like in a house oh, in the okay desert. never mind all right <laughs> and um he is there for his annual hunting trip and his accomplices for the hunting trip show up a little early and things get out of hand and they end up trying to kill her jesus but she doesn't get killed and then she's on <laughs> on a revenge trip God, some 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 friends to have and i will tell you uh going into this i did not expect the level of gore that was involved in this movie so if you are a um gore phobic yeah like it's it's not for you um i am sort of gore phobic it's it's pretty rough okay. but i ended up t- i i did end up liking it well i mean i made it through the apostle can i make it through this yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. That'll be fine. So what have you been watching? Um, uh, a few things. The first I'll talk about is uh, Homecoming with Julia Roberts. Okay. It's on, um, surprise, Amazon Prime Video. Oh, um, <laughs> there so, it is. I know, right? See, once again, that's the nuance. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not usually a big Julia Roberts fan. Me neither. I don't like her in pretty much anything. Um, you know, I can... Listen, I think Pretty Woman sends a really bad message yeah, to right. our little girls. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, you know, I can deal with... I you know I I like her okay I get it like not Notting Hill for example that's probably like my favorite thing that she's been I'm at. much more of a Sandy B person yeah um so you know whatever but Homecoming I think she's actually pretty good good um, Homecoming is the um it's a, it's a series on on Amazon Prime and it is about uh, soldiers returning from war to a program called Homecoming which is like a it's like a program for like PTSD okay. uh, sufferers yeah. Yeah, yeah um and it seems like it's all like pretty normal from the start like it just seems like it's like a big rehab center basically sure. and then slowly you start to learn about the onion starts to peel uh, yeah. apart yeah and things maybe aren't what they seem or they are what they seem you're not you're not entirely sure um, I I really can't give away too much for you. No, because, don't because don't. there are there are some really I think neat elements of it, and it's a story that unfolds really well. 
I think there's a lot of great acting in it. Did, it, um, did they release the entire season? The entire or? thing okay. is released. There are what's cool about it too is that there are some actors from from some great shows that I love, like uh, like um, Lip from Shameless is in it. Oh, cool! And he's really good. And then there are some people from Black Mirror in it too. Oh, fun! Like more more than a few. Yeah. Um, which which I love that when you see like one, you're always like, well, the same casting director worked for that too. Yeah. So like, they've got like three <laughs> or four, um, and it's all it all comes together. So Homecoming on Amazon Prime. Um, I highly suggest it. I think you should watch it. And it's right. it's also really bingeable because I, they're only like half hour episodes. Oh, so that's it's, nice. It's really quick. Yeah. Sometimes those hour long dramas, I like get a lot on with it. Then again, I am unemployed right now, so I can pretty much just watch TV all day. <laughs> I'm looking at you 13 reasons yeah, why. Right. Maybe there's Ugh. 13 more more episodes you should not there put better, out. There better not be. Sorry. Okay, what's your next one? <laughs> um, so this next one I just actually watched last night. And um, it is called You Might Be the Killer. And it is a Shutter exclusive. Oh, okay. Um, the main cast is um, Allison Hannigan of of, of of Whoa. Yeah, I did not expect her to That's be. That's awesome. It. And then also, I can't think of the actor's name, but he's the stoner guy from Cabin in the Woods. Oh, I don't know. And he's. Uh, it, it's a really interesting movie. I don't actually mm. want to talk too much about it. I just yeah. want to give it a good recommend. It's got kind of a fun. What is it called again? You might be the killer. You might be the killer. It's on Shutter. It's exclusively on Shutter, so you can find it there. Give it a give it a watch. It's an interesting movie. It well, kind of takes the uh, the slasher tropes and kind of turns it on its oh, head. I like that. I mean, yeah. you know, and Shutter is one of our new sponsors. <laughs> we wish, aren't they? Aren't you Shutter? Listen, Final Boys, how'd you get that Shutter's? <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, we're gonna get it too. Don't worry yeah. about that. Um. So, uh, I think that you maybe have one or two more. I have a couple more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go go for it. I just saw a really great film this week called The Favorite. The favorite uh, is uh, it's a film by Yorgos Lanthimos. If you saw The Lobster last year, he's the same guy that did that. It's got Olivia Coleman, Emma Stone, and Rachel Weiss. Can I ask you something about this? Yeah, sure. Is it the same type of what am I looking for here? The same type of acting as The Lobster and of Killing of a Sacred Deer? Um, maybe just a little bit. Because I was actively avoiding this movie because I I, I couldn't get over the. Uh, acting style so, so, of those two yeah. movies. So, so some things about it. It's so uh, the the favorite is the story. It, it it is the true story of Queen Anne from okay. England. Um, Queen Anne actually lived in Hampton Court, where Michael and I have both been before. It was Henry VIII's favorite castle. Um, so it's, it's oh, just it's, one of my favorite. I know, castles. right? Just one of them. Um, but it is. It, it was really cool to see it all filmed there too. Because I was like, oh, I've been in that room before. Oh, it that's was, fun. It, it was really neat. Um, Queen Anne was Queen Anne was. She was a weirdo, man. She was very, very strange. Um, and she ha- she did have this favorite um, who was this 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 woman who had fallen on hard times. She used to be a lady, and she lost literally everything because her father was an idiot. Um, at the same time, the queen also had another favorite who was a countess. And it's it, the movie is about the battle between those two to stay the favorite of Queen Anne. All There's right. also, uh, it's it's a really g- great queer love triangle. This movie, oh, this movie is very, very queer. Uh, and there is a lot of sex in it. It, it does not hold back from that. Um, the acting style is uh, necessarily of uh, necessarily one of um, of the late 18th century. Like it's, okay. it just kind of has to be because that's where it's where it's taking place. But in classic Yorgos Lanthimos style, it is it is super 
funny. It's funny. Okay. Like, it is. It's. It's really. Um. It's well, dark. It's already. It's been nominated for Golden Globes and stuff already, for Best Picture. So. Yeah. I mean, and Rachel Weisz is fantastic. Olivia Coleman is a knockout. Emma Stone is wonderful. The costumes are exquisite. Um, the storyline is great. Like I said, it is really, really. The person I went with, me and uh, Kathy, we laughed our asses off, right. and we also like felt strongly about it. So maybe favorite, I'll give it a chance. Yeah, go see it. It's it's really, really well done. It's I don't I don't know if it's necessarily for me, but maybe I'll give it a chance. I mean, you know what? Yeah, maybe don't go see it in the theater for yeah, you. Sure, and watch it at home. Yeah. But um, okay, so my last recommendation and my strongest recommendation is for a little independent movie that just hit wide release, and it is called Anna and the Apocalypse. Oh, tell us about it. Anna and the Apocalypse is a zombie musical, for lack of a better term. It's about the end of the world in Scotland. Okay. I believe I might be getting that wrong. I think but I've, I heard, I think I've only I heard, seen it once. So. I think I heard those brogues in the soundtrack. So I think that sounds right. And um, it's it's a straight up musical. Like there are moments where you take time to have a musical number. That's awesome. It's, it's and I'm going to tell you right now, it's a really strong musical. That's really cool. And um, I think the the zombie movie aspect of it maybe <laughs> is kind of tropey. Like you know the things that you would expect in a zombie movie to happen do happen. The devices are there. Yeah. And I, I think that it suffers a little bit from um, timing and kind of just like, let's let's get to it. Yeah. Because you know, like you're going into a zombie movie, you know what's going to happen. Sure. Um, so I think it may be just from a, a first time director, that's something that yeah. I would I would say is lacking. But the musical numbers, I've already downloaded the soundtrack. Oh, I've yeah. already been playing it. It's really fun. It's really funny. It's really good to hear. It's got some good gore to it for a zombie movie. I definitely highly, highly, highly suggest checking out Anna and the Apocalypse. That's fantastic. And I, I actually got to use my movie pass to see this. Yay! <laughs> God. Which, which I don't know if you, if, if listeners are aware, but movie pass is pretty much all but extinct. And um, I paid for a year subscription up front. So oh, yeah. I, I tried. Well, I should say too, I, I saw the favorite um, on movie pass. Oh, good. Yeah. So good. I mean, it's, it still works here. I think we're lucky because we're in Chicago. Yeah, I of course. In, in a big city, it's yeah. different. All right, so what is your last yeah. recommendation? My final one. We're, go- we're going back to Shutter. Um, I've really enjoyed having Shutter. It's only five bucks a month. Honestly, like it's if you're into horror at all, it's yeah. so worth it. Uh, it's especially worth it now because they have a good deal of the Stephen King catalog on Shutter, except for the one we're talking about today. Of course, right? <laughs> except, of course, except for that one. But but there is a way to watch that for free. I'll tell you about it later. Um, but I just watched Misery this week. Ooh, fun, um, Kathy and, Bates. Well, you know, it's funny. Like I, I went to. Um, it's so dumb. I went to LL Bean that day because I, I had to buy new gloves, and so I drove out to Skokie, which is you know, it's not that all that close. And I came back and like I was like thinking about like Maine and it's like snowing outside. I was like, oh, I feel like Stephen King right now. <laughs> and then I get home. I'm like, oh, I guess I'll watch. Let's Misery. turn on. Let's turn on the good time feeling. Right. Movie of Misery. Even, even even though Misery does takes place, it, it takes place not in Maine. I actually I forgot about this. It's in Colorado. Yeah. Um. But you know, Stephen King, Maine, whatever, fine. Um. Misery is. If you've never seen it before, which I, I can't believe you haven't, if you're listening to us, if you haven't, it is fucking fantastic. Kathy Bates is a genius in it she's a genius in it she's so yeah. good james khan is also really good, really good. Yeah. fucking and it's got lauren goddamn bacall so like don't be an idiot like i don't even need i don't even need to say anything else about it like just go fucking watch it yeah like don't be don't be dumb and i will say um can i say something controversial oh god what i think that misery is actually one of the ones that could could be up for a remake oh without a doubt like and without a doubt and i think that it wouldn't even need to be a movie i think that it could be like a six-part like little 
TV show. Sure. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I think Kathy Bates is amazing in that movie, but just like many, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, yeah. many of the adaptations of Stephen King's work... Say that. Well, no, finish that thought. Finish that, finish that thought. <laughs> well, they're, they're made in the late 80s and early 90s when uh, filmmaking was just different. And I think yeah. that it maybe could be a good remake. Let's remember to talk about how filmmaking was different. Yeah, yeah. Let's remember that because that's it's really important for us to talk about, I yeah. think. All right. So any other, any anything else? Bitch, no. <laughs> thanks, thanks. <laughs> thanks for that. You, well, you asked what you've been watching, bitch. Uh, so, all right, so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our first movie tonight. And that movie is Stephen King's Needful Things. Needful. Castle Rock Entertainment and Stephen King invite you to visit Castle Rock, Maine. A quiet little town whose population has just increased by one. Do you believe in the devil, Father? I guess I have to. We can't have one without the other. What's he look like? What the hell does he look like? May I take this opportunity to welcome you to Castle Rock on the good Lord's behalf? Why not? All right, welcome back. We are ready to get into our consumer episode and into the movies that we have chosen for the consumer episode. Horror and media. Yeah, horror and media time. Um, So our first movie we are going to be discussing tonight is a little gem from 1993 called Needful Things. Needful Things. And that is an adaptation of Stephen King's work, uh, the novel, novel, novel. (laughs) (laughs) No, let's keep novel. That's okay. LGBT people have adopted of saying novel as novel. That's the new thing now. So this novel was called Needful Things. (laughs) So stupid. All right. So we're going to talk about this movie. Maddie, give me the synopsis for Needful Things. Okay. Quick synopsis for you folks. Uh, This takes place in Castle Rock in Maine. Go figure. Uh, Castle Rock has been the setting of many stories for Stephen King. Uh, it's a nice place to live and grow up, and Sheriff Alan Pangborn moves from the big city to the town, expecting a quiet life. But when Leland Gaunt opens the store in Needful Things, he seems to have the object of desire for each dweller. He charges small amounts to the things, but requests a practical joke for each of them against another inhabitant of Castle Rock. Soon, as you might guess, hell breaks loose in town with deaths, violence, and riots. And Sheriff Pangborn discovers that Leland Gaunt is not just a man, but the devil himself. (laughs) Further, Gaunt is manipulating the population like puppets, exploring the weaknesses and greed of each person. You know, greed and weakness... There's no better way to follow up our horror in real life right? segment than with needful things. Yeah, and I, um, the reason we kind of chose this movie is because A, Twitter demanded it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and yeah. B, you know, I don't really hear a lot of people talk about this movie. Not so for a long time. I, I think that it's a good one to revisit. I think so too. I, I, I think that, um, you know, I haven't watched it for a while. I do remember watching it, you know, way back when. Yeah. Um, Why don't you give me the notable cast of Needful Things? Sure. Hold on. Um, there is, uh, I mean, first and foremost, Max von Sydow. Mm-hmm. Max von Sydow is a fucking legend. Um, and if you don't know who he is, you've certainly seen The Exorcist before. Um, and he is uh, uh, Father Marin. Yep. And uh, he is a, a legend for that alone. 
Um, I do think it's funny in the movie that he's like, yeah, I'm from Akron, but I have I this like insane accent. Right, so. exactly, yeah. Um, Ed Harris is in the movie, of course. Yes, Ed uh, Harris. Bonnie Badella is in it. Amanda Plummer is in it. Weirdest actress ever. She's so, she's so weird. We're, we're going to talk about that, too. <laughs> she drives me insane. Uh, JT Walsh is in it, who's been in a lot of stuff. Ray McKinnon, Duncan Fraser. Um, there's a, a lot of folks that are in this movie, um, way back from 93. Shane Meyer is also in it. He plays... Uh, Billy Rusk, Bobby Rusk, the yeah, kid. Yeah, the kid. I can't, I can't remember the name. Um, and just a little LGBT connection there. Shane Meyer also played Matthew Shepard in, in the Matthew Shepard story, which was on TV. I can't remember what channel. Oh. Um, so I, looking that up yesterday, I, I remembered, oh, oh that's right. Um, and that was just a, a cool connection. Yeah, that is cool. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so Needful Things kind of follows, like you said, um, a small town where a new shop opens that has all your desires. And yeah. Um, for instance, for, I think it's Brian Rusk. Brian, yeah, Brian, um, it is, yeah. He, uh, is looking for the Mickey Mantle top. Like 1956 tops baseball card. Careful now with that yeah. leg. There we go, sorry. <laughs> um, and he gets it, and it's actually autographed to him. And, um, Leland Gaunt, who is the shop owner, says, um, you know, I'll, I'll give this to you for 95 cents. Because clearly you don't have the money, you're a kid. Right, but you have to play a couple practical jokes on your neighbors. And at first you're like, okay, like this is totally innocent, like of these little practical jokes. But as it continues to envelop on the town, you find out that there's more nefarious things happening right. like beyond the veil. Because Leland Gaunt has been watching people in the mm-hmm. town and he knows He knows which, what gets them. He knows he knows how to get the right person at the right time to get them to think that it's somebody else doing the practical joke. It's on basically them. turning everyone against each other. Exactly, yeah. and and it works. And it works. Um, so you know, it's uh, it's it's it's. A, I think it's an interesting movie because, like, we we talked a little bit about today about how like. Um, you know, like when Willie Vance was William Vance was uh, trampled in in the Target, right? And you know, we talked you know very early on about you know when you had your experience today, yeah. And you know when you were in the Dunkin' Donuts, like you said that there were other people who saw this happen, right? And did did they do didn't anything? Say anything? Didn't say a fucking word. And so like you know, it's 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 interesting to think about how community can be there for each other but then it's really interesting to think about when community is not there for each other and i think that that is a city thing yeah i I really do because i remember growing up in my smaller town where where you would go to let's say like the local restaurant or the gas station and you would actually have conversations with your neighbors and you would talk about like oh how's so and so and oh sure and how is that in the city you have your group of friends and you shut down everything else around you but I think, but I think though too, like you know, I, I grew up in Indiana, as, as folks know, and like in Indiana, it's a very live and let live attitude. Yeah. So like you know, as long as it long, long as it doesn't bother me, blah 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 blah. blah. And I, I think hate that attitude. I, I hate it too. <laughs> or it, it's it's the same thing when like people talk about like gay people and like, well, as long as they're not coming on to me, well, then I'm fine with them. And it's like number one, we're not going to probably, and number two, even if I did, like, does oh that means you get to like beat me up now? Yeah. Like that doesn't give you license for anything. So I think like even. I, I do think it's it's sort of an American thing, you know, and I think that we need to learn better about when somebody's in trouble, you got to help them. Yeah. I and, mean, was, what is that famous uh, case where the woman was being murdered in the New York City uh, like, oh, courtyard building and... And everyone watched from their windows. But nobody did anything. And nobody did a fucking thing. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, mean, it's the same sort of deal. It's not anything new. Yeah. And so Needful Things kind of plays upon that theory yeah. of like, what are you going to do to get the things that you want? Yeah. Not, not the actual like... How far will you go? 
to get the thing. And some of these people go pretty far. I mean, like, the, I the think, guy skins a dog. Yeah. I, so honestly, so what you read the book. I did read the book. Did he go that far in the book? I can't honestly remember. My thinking is that yes, because wow. because uh, Nettie does go after. Um, What's her fit? Wilma. Wilma. Yeah. Wilma. Um, but I, this is, and you know, I'm going to go on this. I'm going to go on this for a second and, go then we'll, and then we'll leave it alone. But like this book is honestly one of my favorite Stephen King books. Wow. And this adaptation is probably one of my least, least favorite. favorite adaptations. Yeah. Um, I think the book, the book is a lot more violent. First of all, hmm. the book is a lot more visceral. Not a surprise. Uh, Not a surprise. The book goes into a lot more detail about the different, um, people in castle rock and the book is not about god versus the devil yeah the book in the book he's just a demon like he's okay. just like a wandering demon that does this it's yeah. not about the religious aspect sure there still is warring churches and yeah. like that kind of thing but it's not they they dumb this down to being about like god and the devil <laughs> whereas in the book it's more about the demon yeah and kind of like that consumerism yeah sure and in 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 the book Brian Rusk fucking dies. Yeah. And everyone in the fucking town pretty much dies. Yeah. Castle Rock after this, because as you stated earlier, Castle Rock is kind of the town for a lot of books like Cujo and the Dark Half. It's, it's like and, the basic setting. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of books that take place in Castle Rock. Yeah. This is the end of Castle Rock. Oh, Castle Rock fucking blows up. Wow. There is not an Ed Harris moment where he has like a, a hero moment and talks everybody off the ledge. No, fucking yeah. everyone just goes at it and they're done. You know, I like that a lot better. I know. But I, I just really feel like, like that better. this leads up to like a certain point and then it just kind of like... You know, I think that so many films that are adapted from Stephen King's stories really lose any sort of the nuances that, that he includes in, in in his novels or, or in his short stories. I think that they really lose a lot of like the... Um, like like the deeper level things that you could really strike out to analyze. I think what and, happens a lot with Stephen King's works, yeah, is that they add they adapt them word for word, yeah. rather than taking the idea and going with it. Because Stephen King's a fucking weird writer. But you you wouldn't you would not say the same for The Shining, for example. Well, they did take that and do a different adaptation. Of well, exactly, but but I mean, like that, I think they they took ideas, right, right? and 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 expounded upon and that's them, why as opposed to just like word for word. And that's why it's so successful, right? Exactly. Like yeah. that, the, it's Stephen King is a weirdo. Like yeah. he's I, listen, I've he's a weirdo. I've, yeah. I've almost read his entire catalog. His earlier works, especially in this time of like Needful Things and Gerald, sexualized like too, Gerald's Game, like oh, this era of Stephen King is he he's going through a crisis because he just gave up cocaine. He's going through like his era of like new sobriety, exactly. Yeah. And he he just writes kind of weird things, and he writes sure. weird characters, and characters say huh. th- things like off the cuff that you wouldn't normally hear in everyday speech. And guess what? film ad- adapters you don't have to put that in the movie you, you really don't like that's i mean and like let's look at uh, a movie that we we t- we watched earlier in this in this series of podcasting pet cemetery yeah he doesn't include the stuff about the creature in the woods because yeah. it's really hard yeah. to talk about that well and how do you how do you make how do you movieize that you know right i I, th- I think the the other problem too with adaptations like the specific one especially of like the late 80s and and, and 90s um, is that like just thankfully a lot of the styles have changed since then 
And I think acting has just improved. Like, there's I'm, a I'm, lot of overacting yeah, in this movie. Yeah, American acting has just improved, thank God. And, you know... Especially Buster if, Keaton. Right. I can't and, stand that character. Oh, my God, he's so awful. And, like, you know, if, if you follow acting at all, like, you you know about like how, like, the Chicago School of Acting was very, like, realistic and very, like, based and, and rooted in realism. And in New York, it was kind of the same thing for some of the schools there around, like, Meisner and around, like, like Stanislavski. Um, but, you know, for, for a large period of time in america on on film like there were other schools of acting that were just prevailing yeah and, and unfortunately a lot of that bled into the 90s even it, it went that far it's almost like, and we find ourselves with with actors who are just i, I don't know what the fuck they're well doing. it's almost like the the early 90s took a cue from like the 50s movies yeah. of like oh, i'm gonna talk like this right and, and that like, like and that strange mid-atlantic style and it's like yeah. it's fucking 93 like what are you what doing? are you doing and i I, you know, I think other films in 93 did a better job of like not doing that right so like i mean jurassic park was 93 wasn't it 94 maybe okay somewhere in there yeah, but, but same regardless era, same like era. same same kind of same kind of era same, well same era and like it's not the same style of acting no right so like there was no reason why the actors that they hired for this film should have acted that way ed harris doesn't act that way but a bunch of other people do and then you hire like look amanda Plummer. if you like her great she's I am, a weirdo <laughs> i'm so tired of amanda Plummer. Like, thankfully, she doesn't do a lot of stuff anymore, but she's just always Amanda Plummer. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like seeing people just just be themselves in a role because you're not playing a role then. Like, there's only what one, are you doing? There's only one movie that I can say that I really like her in, and it's a very independent Canadian Which one? movie. It's called My Life Without Me. Um, Fair enough. And it, I really like her in that, but she's I, well, I, totally different. I mean, I, I like her in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I but, guess. But yeah. She, she fits in Pulp Fiction. Like, she makes sense Well, that's a funny. weird movie. And it's a weird movie. Like... This uh, this isn't supposed to be a weird movie. This is supposed to be a movie that takes place in a small town mm-hmm. that, that could be anywhere. Yep. And it's supposed to be realistic enough that it actually should scare you. Right. And it actually should be darkly funny and also like a little bit horrifying. This film, a lot like the Roger Ebert review that we I read today earlier, it, it, um, it succeeds at neither, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It doesn't scare you. And it doesn't, uh, it doesn't give you the real dark comedy that you're actually looking for because the dark comedy gets veiled in that fucking Buster Keaton, for example. Yeah. When he gets handcuffed to the, um, to the, the car, car and then he like knees the deputy in the groin and then he goes, nah, 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 nah. And I'm like, that was that actually funny in 93? Right. Did, did we laugh at that? Cause right. I, I can guarantee you right now, I'm not laughing. Um, is there anything about the movie that you enjoyed? Uh, I like, well, I, I, I do like Max von Sydow. I mm-hmm. think that he did the best that he could with, yeah. with, you know, given like the he rest plays of the like, kind of, kind of like a, like almost like a Dracula type yeah. character. Like he's in the background yeah. and like I, manipulating people. I bet and... for Max von Sydow, I bet it was a fun role to play. Yeah. I bet he had a lot of fun being deep and dark with it. I, I thought mean, that was good. I, I think that him and, um, Ed Harris, Ed Harris was are, do, do a great job in this movie. I, agree. I, I think that it's everyone else's fault that this movie sucks. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly, yeah. Um, Honestly, I mean, I, I will say, like, I think, like, Brian Rusk, well, whoever, uh, Shane Meyer, he, he's a kid in it, right? Yeah. I think he does an okay job. I think he could have been directed a lot better, but I think he does okay. Yeah. I, I think that what this movie just suffers from is um, style. God, how do I want to put style? it? No, it's because I actually kind of like the cinematography and everything. I think it looks nice. I like the well, sweeping shots. That, yeah, of, that, like, that is one more thing that succeeds. It's beautiful. Like, yeah. I, I love Maine. I love that whole Maine coastal look. So yeah. it's, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I think that it just suffers from not expounding upon its theme enough. 
if that mm. makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. I, 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 I love the theme of this, of this, of this movie in this book. I, yeah. I think that it, there's a good core message there and there's something that you could really do well with. Sure. I think that it needs to be remade. Remake it somebody out there because I think especially now in the 21st century. Oh my century, God. Can you imagine? Yeah. There's, there's so much that you could, that you Except could. Except he'd be selling like iPhone apps. Right. And <laughs> I, I mean, and I do think like if this, I, I think too, if you if it wasn't coastal Maine, that might be more helpful for people because like something to latch there, onto. There mean? are very few of us in the middle class that like get to like take a, a fun jaunt over to Maine yeah. to like enjoy it. Maybe like put it in like Sarasota or, or Sarasota <laughs> or like or like even put it like in a small city or you know like, Asheville. You know, like maybe somewhere a little more midwestern. I think might work. Um, I think I think it could actually work in a lot of places, but I yeah. think like coastal Maine is a little well, and, east coast for it. And you see in the book, or I'm sorry, you see in the movie in Leland Gaunt's yeah. book that he's been other places doing right. this. He yeah. does mention Akron, Ohio. Right, like, right, right. It's yeah. those kind of yeah. places. This could happen anywhere could because happen anywhere. if that's what we've bred into our culture yeah. is that if there's something that you want, do anything you can to get it. Let me ask you a question. Sure. Is there ever in thinking back across your life of, of buying things or getting things or whatever, is there any item that you've gotten that you either feel ashamed about or that you had to do something for? Is, oh is there goodness. any sort of like needful thing in your life that you've had to deal with? Um, I can't think of any like product per huh. se. Yeah. I know that in my life of uh, service in the service industry, I've yeah. had to wait on people that I did not agree with. Sure. So I think that that's maybe something that you're alluding to, but yeah. I don't, th- I can't think of a specific product that I've like gone above and beyond or, like, to there, screw somebody over. Or is there anything like you felt like something that you really wanted, but you felt guilty about it after you got it um so there is so do you know these little online like flea markets like the uh like no like let go oh yeah yeah, 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 those those type of like it's sort of like sort of like facebook marketplace yeah exactly okay i did get a sono speaker for like 70 dollars, and those are usually like 300 so i did kind of feel a little guilty about like I, I I don't. I, but they were selling it. Yeah, I know. I just was like, "Do you want me to give you more?" Hmm. But so I, I guess I felt a little guilty about that. But okay, not, I, I, that's that's so wholesome for you to feel guilty <laughs> about. Like, <laughs> well, it's just like you know, I you feel more I feel, I feel really bad about mine now. <laughs> right, well, let's hear it. Let's yours. Jesus. Well, oh, yeah. Mine mine is in stark contrast to our our dear Andrew here, <laughs> who's worried about his neighbors. Um, honestly, when I was in middle school. Um, there was a really cool uh, comic book shop in Hobart where I grew up. It's called Friendly Frank's. Um, and God, I love that. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was a great. I wish it was still there. It was a great comic book shop. I went there all the time. Um, I because I, I played like magic and I played like oh those my god, I played magic totally. And so like, we would just all go there after school. And you know, when I was in middle school, like a lot of kids in middle school, I didn't know who I was hanging out with. I didn't know what I was doing. I was a very different person, and I was also like twelve years old. Uh, but I hung out with some with a couple of kids for for about a year that weren't necessarily great for me. Oh, okay. um, and we used to go to Friendly Frank's all the time. And we talked to the guy that worked there, and he probably was totally tired of us coming in. We never bought anything, <laughs> and yada yada. There was this one um, like DC like like compilation book that I had had my eyes on for some stupid reason, and like one day my friends and I hatched this plan that I was going to steal it. Oh my! And I stole God. it. I stole the book. <gasps> stole it. And I I never even looked at it, never even 
did How? anything with it. And what I did, I felt so guilty about stealing that book. I felt so guilty about it that uh, this makes absolutely no sense. But one day I went out and I threw it in the street. <laughs> I threw it in the street because I, 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 I had to like get this item like away from me and like away from like my body. The guilt had to I, go. Yeah, I felt so bad about it. Oh. Um, and it's that was, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I forgive myself now, but like, and I, you know, sorry, friendly Franks, even though you're not there anymore. Um, but like, you, <laughs> you know, put Frank a, out of business. Right. It was a very twelve year old thing to do, but like, I've always remembered that story for myself. Like, I did this stupid thing yeah. for this dumb thing that I did not need or really even want. Well, you know that I'm like terrified of rules. You are so, terrified like, of I rules. Can't, I can't. Unfortunately, I am not as I terrified can't, of rules. I can't do that kind of thing. Like, my brain won't let me. You're very lucky at that, because so. <laughs> I've, I've been a bit of a risk taker. My my life is, as you well know. Um, there was. Uh, so, is there anything else about needful things that you wanted to touch upon? Um, I, I would just say, you know, to, to everybody, like if you haven't seen it before, I do think it is worth watching, so that you can get a good idea of like late of uh, not late nineties, early nineties Stephen King. I think it's a good concept. And, I love and, the concept. And, and once again, it is. It, I love the story. I love the concept. I think that this film is not done the way that it should be done. And I am hopeful and praying for a remake. I think it would be a great one to do, especially right now. Stop looking at the already successful Stephen King yeah. adaptations and remaking those, looking at you, Pet Cemetery, right. and actually look at one that maybe didn't do so well and try doing that. Because it could be really cool. But So yeah, that's All me. right, so what are you going to rate... Needful things out of seven stripes because here at Frygate the thirteenth we rate on a seven stripe rating system because because of, cause of the pride flag because there are seven stripes in the rainbow. Roy G. Biv, um, I'm going to give uh, Needful Things a th- the film. I'm going to give it a three. I am right there with you. I was going to say a three as well. Yeah. It's just below average. If I had to rate, if I had to rate the story, I'd give the story a five and a half. Yeah, no, I think that, that you could really do something great with this. I totally agree. Yeah, and um, be mindful there is dog death in this movie. So yeah, there don't is. Like that, and honestly, then... can I just say one more thing on sure. that? Like honestly, it's gratuitous. Like mm-hmm. that. Like that, and that's why I asked if it, if he was skinned in, in the book because like when that thing pops out of the closet, like honestly, did we need to show that? That was and like so the town drunk does that. Do you think that the town drunk honestly had enough? Like, do you think he wasn't drunk for that long that he could skin a dog and then right. hang it up in a closet? Like, right. No. He's like me. He falls asleep. <laughs> he, he maybe stabbed the dog once, but he's not going to skin the motherfucker. Right. No way. Sorry. Not happening today. All right. Well, that brings us to our end of our discussion about Have a good things. day. <laughs> and we will be right back with our feature presentation of Krampus. Krampus. Nothing bad's gonna happen on Christmas. Guten Tag. It's Maddie with Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. I'm back here with... Andrew. And we're talking about our next film today in our episode. Um, And this film is called Krampus. You might call it Krampus. Call it whatever you want. Depending on your German heritage. Right. Um, But it is is the story of of an Austrian... uh, old tale and andrew's gonna tell us a little bit about it right now 
Yes, uh, Krampus, 2015, directed by Mike Doherty, uh, and stars Tony Collette, Adam Scott, um, let's see here, David Keckner, I believe is how you say his name, um, Allison Toman, along with a lot of a slew of a slew of cast. Right, right. Uh, Krampus is all about the legend, uh, the Austrian slash German slash whatever european right yeah i mean basically basically european <laughs> um tale of krampus and krampus is kind of the anti-santa claus santi i kind of like that <laughs> anti-santi. he's the anti-santa claus <laughs> the anti-santa claus and um essentially the movie is about a little boy who loses his focus on what the holidays really means and kind of wishes that uh the holidays and his family were not there anymore. And, right. and he gets his wish because Krampus comes with all of his uh, accoutrements mm-hmm. <laughs> and comes and slowly takes away the family. And that's kind of the basic premise yeah. of Krampus. And we should note that uh, the director, Michael Doherty, also did a, a tiny little film that our horror community latches onto, which is Trick or Treat. No big deal. No big deal. <laughs> I mean, no, p- practically no one out there likes Trick or Treat. So, right. And I was telling you earlier i'm like can we just give all the movies to mike doherty and michael flanagan (laughs) yeah so i I just want to say like this this movie stars my queen tony collette Mm -hmm. um who i i i do honestly believe that tony collette might be the most talented actress alive right now yeah she's right up there i think she is just beyond incredible and she's so fucking good she's good in everything and like she's even good in I, i think that krampus is not like when when I heard that Tony Collette was in Krampus, I was kind of like, really? And this is your first time watching it, right? Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is my first time watching it, and I and I do want to watch it at least one more time. Um, I, I I kind of couldn't believe that she was in it. Um, just just because it just didn't seem like a thing that she would do necessarily. Um, but like she does a great job. She Tony it's... Collette commits to anything that she's in in such a way that you are just right with her and you know that she's right with you. Her, it's just it's good. Her facial reactions in this movie are perfect. Like, they're perfect yeah the part so some of them some of my favorite parts is so first off i was not expecting the uh quote-unquote kill count to go the way it did same for I, me i did not think the daughter would be the first I one did, i, to I, be I did not have that at, at all because she's such a main staple of the family i thought that she'd stick around a little while to build a little bit more upon the, right. bro- the brother sister relationship yeah. that was there but she gets picked off first she gets picked <laughs> off first um and a second of all i think that once this movie kicks into high gear and by high gear i mean kind of the segment of the movie where we are in the attic with all of the creatures yeah. and where um david keckner's uh down with the uh, gingerbread men yeah i think that's where this movie just like kicks it into high fucking gear and yeah. gets going right. and it's from that moment on that i am like 100 percent in because the first half of this movie is really more about like the holidays and family dynamics yeah. and kind of like you put up with your family because you have to yeah. and kind of and i will tell you there there is some stuff that really resonates very true oh, I bet. with family especially because yeah. everyone has that that aunt or that uncle or somebody like the aunt in this movie where she's like literally criticizing every move that or you that, make or that brother-in-law <laughs> yeah i get it um you know it's uh 
Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, the, the film is definitely in two halves. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think the first half can be a little meandering at times, but it's not bad. It kind of reminds, it, it echoes back to kind of um, Christmas Vacation. Yeah, like, yeah, It kind of sure. reminds me of that. Right. That, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I guess I didn't really think about it that way, but that does make a lot of sense mm-hmm. to me now. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think it's a really solid film. I think and I think it is a good holiday film. Um, it's because, turned into a staple for us. Yeah, it's it's a it's a dark way of of uh, of approaching the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the Legend of Krampus is pretty cool, right? I mean, there is this like horned beast that comes to punish the bad children, like whips them with this stick. Yeah, right. And I mean, I think that the 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 punishments that the Krampus gives in this film are are pretty intense crazy you know it's it's, there's a lot going on i do i I think it's a lot better than just i I think that if we were brought up with the legend of krampus instead of just a fucking lump of coal we may have had a little bit more fear in our lives and been better kids right i mean and you know going back to that first half too like like you were saying about how that really rings true it, it certainly rings true for me um and i think that you know the lesson of the movie that you know your family is your family mm-hmm. that's just kind of how it is and you just have to deal with that yeah. because if, if you if you don't deal with it if you try to escape from it or, or get around it you're just going to be made unhappy over and over again and i i will tell you this is probably my like fourth or fifth time watching it yeah. and i for some reason i always forget that it opens with kind of the quintessential uh black friday yeah. slash holiday montage of shopping and that was and, like, good craziness that was and, well done i thought <laughs> and it's all done i think to like what bing crosby yeah, or something yes. yeah it's, yeah it's a it's a really good like mesh of showing kind of the, the holidays the uh, how should we say it the the um the fakeness of the holidays and how everyone is always showing like how happy and how thankful they are around the holidays. But the actuality is the, uh, you know, dull faced cashier that has to deal with all of this bullshit. Well, and you know, speaking about that too, like, you know, like what it means to be like, be a person in the holidays is like, as like, you know, somebody who like participates in holidays. Right. So like everyone in this film participates in the holidays because they're participating. So like, why do some people think that it's like their right to act terribly I don't know. around the holidays? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I totally get it. Because like, it's not like you do that every other day of the year. Because, right. th- because honestly, you couldn't. Like, if, if you did that every other day of the year, you really would be a terrible person. Mm-hmm. So we know that you're just a human. We know that you're just existing, whatever. Why do people choose to do that? I don't understand why. I think it, I think a lot of it is stress. Yeah. And the stress and the expectations around the holidays and like trying to fit it all in and trying to mm. get it all done while ha- yeah. also having to deal with crowds cuz let's be let's face it nobody likes a line, nobody likes a crowd. Crowds are bad. So. And you know and other people do act poorly around the holidays. I mean it, whether they're driving around shopping centers, mm-hmm. whether you're in a shopping center, like it's not a very fun time. To like interact with other people, but it's supposed to be the like, jolliest like time the, of the, the year. The best time to interact with people. It's supposed to be the time when like you do value your family, where you do value other humans and other neighbors in your community, and you come together, mm-hmm. not come apart. So I I don't know. I think the movie does teach a good lesson yeah. in that way, I would say. Well, it really teaches the lesson of, you know, be appreciative for what you have because it could be gone at any moment. I yeah, mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's really what it really comes down to. And, um, I do want to talk about the creature work in this movie yeah, because sure. there are it's really, it's really good creatures. Yeah. I'm talking mainly about that fucking Jack in the box. That, that is, is like predator Jack in the box. Really fucking insane. <laughs> um, I'm talking about the teddy bear, yeah. the angel, yeah. the gingerbread men, the 
elves. And you have you have that teddy bear mask, don't you? Yeah, it looks I just do. like it. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know what that was from, honestly. And then now I know. Now you do. Yeah, now I know. <laughs> um, and it, and there's this wonderful segment right in the middle of the movie where the grandmother tells the story about her um, interaction with Krampus when she was a child, and it, it's done to this wonderful like animation, kind of like in the style of like Coraline, and you just watch it and you're like, oh my god mike doherty is a genius so the only thing about that for me is i really like that because i also really love Coraline. it's Mm -hmm. it's one of my my favorite films and i should put that on friday's favorite films i forgot about that (laughs) i will now um i love that style i wish i would have seen it again in the movie yeah i i I get that i get it you know um i just think it's a it's a neat departure oh totally from from the rest i just wish it could have been like in there just one more time maybe somewhere i I think that it's it's used as a storytelling device and that's the only really part of the movie that's really storytelling so i think that's maybe why enough fair enough um and i also in general really love the german grandma yeah she's so good i love her and also like whenever anybody speaks german in a film and i can listen to any of it and get it i'm like oh that's right it's it was actually my high school german is still sticking around that's actually one of my biggest regrets in life is uh, of being german descent like i am like through and through like german like grew up eating braunschweiger and like doing all the stuff that i never learned the language and i learned spanish instead well you know i'll tell you what and this is a, a slight departure um, learning German is actually not that hard. Hmm. It is the, it is, uh, grammatically, it's the easiest lesson. It's the easiest language to learn close to English because our, the grammar is essentially the same and the okay. syntax is the same. Okay. Um, there's not a lot of cognates, but like if you ever do it, just like get Duolingo and do it. Cause it's German is a fun language. Yeah. I, and, I love listening to and it. It'll so. make, it'll make drinking a lot more fun <laughs> as you, as you well know. <laughs> Um, and so, uh, let's see here. Um, some of the things that I, the only part that really for me that this movie, um, suffers from is there's a scene where our remaining family members uh-huh. are running from the house to try to get to a snowplow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And literally one creature takes out like three of them yeah. in one scene. Whereas the entire rest of the movie, we've kind of gotten picked off one by one sure by a different way not just a, a, not just a, a wide swath going yeah. at one time so that, that was my only part that i was like oh man Fair i kind of wanted a little bit more creativity yeah. there just because the rest of the movie is so creative it is really like and it's, it's so well done and there's so many different things for you to pick up on and uh talk about and look at and like just think about yeah. that to just take out three of your main characters because it's Tony Clett, Adam Scott, and um, the 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 sister. Yeah, three of your main uh, parent protagonists. Right, all get like taken right there. Uh, how did you feel about the end? Um, the ending we should definitely talk about because uh, there's there are several um, interpretations I think of yeah. what people think the ending, and especially is. Like, like as a first time viewer, I was like, okay, there's a lot of things you could do here. Yeah, so um, the ending to me kind of means, well, you said you said to Krampus you wanted the holidays to be like they used to be. Now you are stuck. That is what I'm going to give you as punishment. So you have the holidays the way they used to be. Everyone's all jolly and opening presents and everything. But guess what? You're stuck in the snow globe forever and you have to relive this all the time. Oh, my God. I did not get that at all. And now my mind is a little bit blown. Really? Yeah. What did you think? <sighs> Wait, do you, give me a moment. Hold yeah, on. Oh, no, my no. God. That, I did not think about that. So, you know, I, I finished watching it today because mm-hmm. I, I watch it in two shifts. I watched a little bit last night. It's, it's been a busy week for me. So I watched half last night and half this morning. Um. 
and I, I really did like it. At the end, I just kind of thought, I, I did wonder about the snow globe. Like, I wondered, like, okay, well, what does that mean exactly? Yeah. Um, but now you explaining it that way, that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, because you see that when he when he awakens that morning, everything. Well, tell is- them, tell them about the snow globe. Like, like what happens there? Yeah, so he at the end of the movie, uh, he awakens to kind of as though from a dream, like as though from a dream to a normal existence on a Christmas morning, and everyone's happy, go lucky. Everyone, oh, we've been waiting for you to wake up. Opening presents, everyone's there. The dog's back, grandma's there. They're making cocoa. Everything's great, and they're opening presents. And he opens up his present, and it's the bell from Krampus. Gruß von Krampus. And then they kind of all notice the bell, and it kind of everyone sees it. It triggers something in their mind mind of like oh shit no this isn't real like this isn't our actual existence this is Fuck. something else yeah. and then it pans out to show that they are contained within a snow globe at like kind of Krampus's headquarters <laughs> and there are other snow globes of other families that went through a similar experience shit. and I think what that's supposed to mean is that they are now stuck in that existence forever because right. that's yeah. what he wished okay. for alright the movie has changed entirely for me now oh really yeah it's it I, I, I honestly thought that like the end of it was just like oh well he woke up from a dream and like it's up to interpretation at the end like whether or not this actually happened. oh no I definitely see now, this like, now that you said this I mean like and maybe I didn't maybe I if I would have watched it all at one time Perhaps I would have gotten that better, maybe. Um, but now that you've said that, that really changes the dynamic for me because yeah. that makes perfect sense. It's a and, dark ending, and it, I was just going to say it darkens the movie one hundred percent. Well, now. if you think about Trick or Treat, Trick or Treat is a very dark movie as oh my well, God, like, entirely. Um, so I think that's kind of his style, and I can't oh, wait to see what he does next. Um, but Krampus, for me, I think that the acting is all. Come on, like I don't Tony think Collette can do anything i don't think there's i don't think that there's a bad performance in this movie i love the little agape like kid where he's just like agape all the time just like can't talk and just kind of like dim the little chubby kid yeah and about the the sisters that are kind of tomboys The sisters are ridiculous (laughs) like and the 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 david keckner's character where he's just kind of like the good old boy and like that's my son you know that's that's my son that's david keckner um he's in like everything but wasn't he he was in waiting for guffman wasn't he Mm, i don't think so i I feel i'm looking that up right now keep talking i I, want to see if he is no and then um i mean the sister is great the grandma's great um the grandma's fantastic like there's not a bad performance in this movie to my knowledge, even the dog does a great job. I love that part. <laughs> the dog does it when he, when he eats a gingerbread yeah. man. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, I know a lot of people are kind of turned off by that um, gingerbread uh, men uh, part of the movie. Because, Why do you think that is? Because I think a lot of people are in a spooky mood throughout this movie until they throw in kind of the comedic relief of the gingerbread men because they're kind of like um, I've never heard you do that voice before. <laughs> do that again. Everybody everybody else out there, I want you to just think to yourself right now, have you ever had heard Andrew do <laughs> such a good weird voice before? But yeah, so we, we want more of that. I think know? a lot of people are turned off by the, kind of the comedic relief of the gingerbread men, but I kind of like it. I think it's fun. I like that there's like actual peril with the nail gun, and there's like the actual biting of um, David Keckner's character when he is out, and you see the wound, and it's an actual wound. Right, like yeah. there's 
it, it, this movie is so fantastical that when you are faced by the reality of what's actually happening, it's kind of like, oh shit, like this is like real. Like right. those characters that are in the attic, the the fucking angel who's crazily going after Tony Collette and the bear. Which is, which is honestly, it's, it's honestly pretty disturbing. Yeah, too. Like, totally. That is, that's, a, that's a lot happening. And they right all there. have, they all have like predator mouths where it's just like teeth inside of their face. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to stop looking at the internet because I, I really I wasn't waiting for Guffman. I thought that he was in Best in Show. Oh, I thought that he was the the husband that like keeps coming on to to Cookie Fleck. I don't think so. Anyways, it's not him. I, he's I in a lot of stuff though. But he's in a lot of stuff. He's definitely like oh, a character. Got actor. it. Okay, yeah. Our, yeah. our producer just told us I was thinking of Larry Miller. Um, sorry about that, folks. I'm going <laughs> to return to reality with you right now. But yeah, Krampus. Um, what else can we say about it? I mean, it, I think it's a holiday staple. I think you should watch it. I think it's got a great Christmas quality. Yeah, I, I'm honestly surprised that I haven't seen it until now. Um, I think that it's a great... I think that the best way to watch this movie is when there's a blizzard outside. Yeah. Because that's like the main part of this movie is yeah. like kind of the blizzard. You know, um, I'm, I'm going home this year on the 24th, and I think that I'm going to... I might. Well, are you going to watch it on the 24th? Maybe. Oh, damn. I was going to borrow your DVD. Oh, you can. Okay. Well, I might borrow your DVD. Yeah. Anyways, I'm going to make my family watch it. So that they understand. Yeah. Well, I'll, 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 be, I'll be with my family that night this year. And I'm, I think it's going to be a good one for us because I guarantee you they have not watched it. Yeah. I think it'll be good for us to watch together. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. And then I'll also make them listen to this episode as well. I do love the whole um, dinner scene. Oh, it's good. Where everyone's criticizing her food. And, <sighs> that, Adam, and that fucking ants. I know. Ugh. And Adam Scott is just like, can you just say one nice thing? Can you just please? say something nice about the dessert, please? <laughs> and uh, the one, the one like dim, <laughs> dim kid has just like a bottle of like Mountain Dew that he's drinking out of. <laughs> totally. But, I mean, I th- it, does, it does a good job of like blending together like different types of families, I yeah, think, to make it yeah. like sort of um Well, and we do have relatable. to talk about, we do have to talk about the waspiness of kind of Adam Scott and oh, Tony totally. Collette's family where yes. everything's like quote unquote perfect, yeah. you know, but you know, you see in the family portrait that Santa's looking at the daughter's ass. Right. <laughs> But yeah, so Krampus, is there anything else you would like to discuss about this movie? I think you should watch it. I think you should watch it, especially now because it's, it's, you know, nearly Christmas. It's the holiday season. Um, Maybe like I'm going to do on, on the 24th on Christmas Eve. Maybe watch it with some of might, your family. Might teach you something. Yeah. It, well, it, I, I think our listeners are pretty good at knowing this already, but it might teach our families something because mm-hmm. I think that our listeners are very good at going out and teaching other people some lessons that they might need to learn. Yep. And so I'm very trusting in all of you that you're going to go out there on these holidays and not just be a dick. Like I was saying earlier, like why do some people think that the holidays are like your license to just be an asshole? Right. Um, but maybe you can be just like sort of like subconsciously, subversively, just be like, hey, let's watch a movie, everybody, and then put in Krampus. That's all <laughs> I'm trying to and say. Let everyone be like, what the fuck are you <laughs> and like, doing? And like, you're the only one in the room, like smiling and laughing, yeah, and the yeah. rest of them are all like, ah, what is ah, happening? What is this? And then the Jack and Box shows up, and you're like, yes. what the fuck? So just you know, another other part of the preparation there: get a Jack in the Box and put it in the middle of the room, like that kind of thing. Yeah, get, definitely. Get, get your props together before you do this. Get a teddy bear. Yeah, you know, make it happen. Angel on top of the tree. Make it very real for them. Yeah, it's not that hard. It. So. Out of seven stripes, what do you give Krampus? I will give Krampus a solid five stripes. Five stripes. I'm going to go a little higher than you just because I've seen this movie quite a few times and I really, really, really like it. And I want more films like this in the theaters, so I'm going to give it a six. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. 
It's pretty good. So that's Krampus, folks. Yeah, Krampus. So we're going to take a little bit of a break, small one, and we're going to come back for a really fun, sexy part of the episode. It's our hottie of the episode. Hottie of the episode. Shantae, you stay. 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 Okay, welcome back, everybody. It's time for our ending segment, Hottie of the Episode. Hottie of the Episode. So if you've never joined us for this segment before, we basically Mm. look at all of our topics that we've covered on this uh, episode, and we choose a hottie. Sexiness. So, Maddie, who is your hottie of Mm. Episode 12? My hottie of Episode 12 of Friday the 13th Horror Podcast is none other than Max von fucking Siddow. Girl, he has been out there pumping out this shit for goddamn years. He's like a thousand years old. <laughs> he still looks the same. Like, I mean, I think I'm fairly sh- like he's still alive. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure Mr. Sato is still alive. <laughs> like, and he has looked like he's been 91 for like uh, approximately 81 years. He came years. out of the womb with wrinkles. Yeah, right. <laughs> and like, you know what? Like, listen, I'm not like I'm not into older guys. That's not my thing, as you all know. Like, I'm into people that are usually younger than me. Um, you shouldn't put these things out into the world. No, I mean, younger, I'm 36. Like, people that are younger than me. I don't mean, like, you, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, but I'll tell you what. Max von Sydow, something about him. I just right. love him to death. And who is he in this episode? Uh, well, he, uh, Max von Sydow is uh, Leland Gaunt of, um, of, Need, of Needful Things. So he, he owns the store. He's the devil, basically. Great. Yeah. My hottie of the episode also comes from Needful Things. Oh I, oh, I know who it is. It's goddamn Ed Harris. Oh, Jesus. I, I tell you what, when he has that black hat on in the end, and he mm. has that coat on, and he, fine. he grabs that shotgun and mm. just, like, cocks it with one arm, and Oof. it's just like, I'm gonna take down the devil. I was like, ready. Andrew, Andrew <laughs> just said cock, everybody. He just said cock. I am um, ready hey, for it. Hey, you know what? Ed Harris is sexy. He's yeah. always been, like, ready. Uh, you, did you see um, uh, The Abyss? Yeah, of course. Oh my god, Ed Harris is fucking sexy as fuck. In yeah, Nervous. it's. I need him just to. This is gonna sound so superficial. Go and ahead. I'm sorry, but I just need him to wear a hat because his <laughs> his balding it, it upsets me. No offense to any of our balding. <laughs> listeners. No, 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 it's not, not, not. It's not balding. It's his balding. Okay, fair because enough. it's like he's holding on to something oh, that just yeah. like let it go. Yeah, sure. Because like there are a lot of bald men out there that are really fucking sexy because I'll, they own it. I'll tell you, he ain't bald everywhere though. I bet. <laughs> that is not something I need to know about. Ed yes, Harris. you did. Listen, you. Oh, like you. You're like you're not thinking oh, about that God. right now, girl. Please, I know. Well, now I am. I can see. They smell heads down there. So that is our hotties of the episode. <laughs> two old men. Here we are. <laughs> two, two, just a couple of gay dudes in Chicago talking about Max von Sydow and Ed Harris. Happy, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that brings us to the end of episode 12. I did want to give a quick shout out to Good Morning Nancy. Mm-hmm. We got your Christmas car, girl. Y'all, so listen up. Um, <laughs> Good Morning Nancy, our, our very sweet uh, podcasting partners, um, Abby and Gracie, sent us this beautiful um, Krampus postcard. It's awesome. It's so cute. It's so cool. It came in. And it just it just made our day. So um, thank you both so much. Happy Krampus night to you. And um, thanks a lot for sending this really lovely greeting. Yeah. We, we, we really Maddie uh, brought it to me and I instantly it. got like a tear in my eye. Yeah, we, it, it, just, it just reminds us of, of all the really great friends that we've been able to make 
um, through doing Friday the 13th horror podcast and how much fun we've been having. Yeah. And it's just been, uh, it's just been, it's been a great year. Yeah. And in January, we will be bringing you some more fresh content. Of course. Uh, We have our regular episode, which we are still kind of nailing down exactly what we're doing. I'm entirely sure what it's going to be. Something around weather. Yeah. And some maybe some cold weather films. Yeah. Because it's January and it's fucking freezing here. In in, so. in February, if I can preview that, it's a, it's an episode mm-hmm. that I'm really excited for. I think well, we're gonna have ask, a lot of fun. Ask people right now. Yeah, to yeah, send yeah, yeah, sure. you. So in February, uh, the horror in real life segment is going to be all about uh, exes, about ex boyfriends or girlfriends or ex people that are in your life, that are in our lives. Um, and just the horror stories that we've experienced and that you've experienced too. So a little known fact about Maddie is I used to direct a show called Letters X. And Letters X was a cabaret in Chicago that was uh, comprised entirely of monologues and songs that were created entirely from real breakup letters. Mm. Um, not just letters, but like texts or Facebook messages or G-chats or whatever. As long as it was written down um, or or a voicemail, we included it in the show. Yeah. And it was a blast to direct every year. I directed it for five years. The show lasted for 12 years in Chicago. It was a hit. Almost every single show sold out. It was wonderful. Um, So we're going to um, have a couple, a few, we'll see how many, of uh, of real-life stories of exes. Well, that being said, I mean, I think that we probably each have one. Oh, without a doubt. But but we need your... We want to hear more from you. We we need your help. We need your help. We are are reaching out to you right now to ask you to send to frygay13 at gmail.com. Send your emails, tweets... Facebook yeah, and messages, just just to be clear here, don't send us just like your is your story of it. Send us the actual thing. Send us the actual text send and us let the us actual know. Email. We'll change the names. We well, we won't say any full names at all for sure. I mean, let us know if you want us to, but not full. Like, we'll we'll say we'll say we'll say the first name if you want to. But if if you want us to change the the name, we'll we'll do that too. It can be as anonymous as you want it to. Yeah. Be. So, but send us the real text or the real email or the real whatever from your ex. Send that to us at frygay13 at gmail and we're gonna turn it into something really special. Yeah. I, we promise you. So it's gonna be. I'm super stoked for that episode. And of course, we're doing it in February because. Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. So that's why we're doing it. I'll be in Mexico. Yes, they will be. <laughs> I will still be here or somewhere else where I get a job. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, enough about the future. Let's talk about the present. We need your reviews. Yeah. We are trying so, so hard to get to 100 reviews, and that's on iTunes yeah. uh, before the new year. It's just a personal goal that we have. Well, and really a couple of milestones, mm-hmm. right? So, like 100 reviews we want to get to, we're so close to it. So, you know, be sure to just go onto iTunes, leave whatever you want to leave, just do it. But leave, please leave an actual review too. Um, and also we're so close to 10,000 listens for the year. Yep. So like, if you know somebody that should be listening to this podcast and they're not yet, just send them your favorite episode. 10,000. Send, yeah, send the actual link to them so they can listen to it or listen to it with them or I don't know, whatever. Or if there's episodes of ours that you haven't listened to yet, like go back and do it now. We're so close to 10,000 and that's a huge landmark for us. It's yeah. absolutely huge. Who knew? We did We did not know this, but we're so proud of it and so excited, and we just wanted to keep going. So, yes, and uh, just to remind everyone, we are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network. Woo-hoo! Please go on to patreon.com 
and donate to our uh, Patreon for Legion. We don't have one for ourselves. We're not asking for your money for us. We're asking for money for the network so that they can upgrade equipment, send people to things. And help out people like us that want to go to conventions and other things. And you can also find that at legionpodcast.com. It's it's a group effort. We're not asking you to donate just to us. We're asking you to donate to uh, an amalgamation of a lot of podcasts. So please consider that. It literally... We are asking for like one or two dollars a month. Yeah, it's, so it's not that much money. We promise. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's not Giving Tuesday. Um, so yeah, this has been a really fun episode. Yeah, if you haven't already, like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We now have a website, frygay13.com. We do. I mean, just we're all over the place. Just we're, we're, get we're, it. We're, wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, please remember to, to rate and review. Uh, remember to share us as much as you can because we, and we love, love you. We love you. We love you. And hey, you know what? Whatever holiday you're celebrating this holiday season, we hope you have a great one. And take a break, everybody. Take a break. And like 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 we you know said last month too with Thanksgiving, we hope that you are celebrating whatever holiday you're celebrating with people that you choose to celebrate it with. Absolutely. We love you very much. So as always, remember to get, get slayed. slayed.